This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Back at you after the weekend. Glad to have you with us after another work day. Glad that you have decided to turn over and join us wherever you have been. Looking forward to spending the next two hours. We've got plenty to talk about. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here at our Dave and Buster Studios in downtown Columbia. Chris Bergen will be joining us momentarily from our studio in the PD at the Berge Palace. And you can join us wherever you happen to be. Number 888-898-2525. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number into Sports Talk on this Monday after very busy, active recruiting weekend for South Carolina. The Gamecocks doing some work in the portal. They are finding what they think are some good players on the rebound, players they think can come in and help them out. We'll talk about that. They might be adding some more in the near future. We'll have a complete recruiting report for you and other things to talk about along those lines coming up as players are returning from the holiday break getting into those first team meetings, starting to get ready for winter workouts, and then, of course, spring practice not too far down the road. Of course, tonight we've got the national championship game, Georgia TCU. Georgia, a prohibitive 12-and-a-half-point favorite, largest spread ever in the history, the nine-year history of this format for fixing uh, the college football championship question. And a lot of money. Today, in particular, a lot of money pouring in late on Georgia despite having to give up the 12-and-a-half points. A lot of people think the dogs are going to roll right through the Horned Frogs of TCU tonight. Why Why shouldn't you think so? I mean, TCU, what a year they're having, a spectacular year. First-year head coach, a team that fired their legendary coach after last season, a losing record. New coaching staff comes in, gets it turned around immediately, a quarterback playing at a very high level, a, a running back who's injured and questionable for tonight who had a big year, but his backup is pretty good as well. Big offensive line, and they're an older team too. They're a bunch of veteran guys. But uh, Georgia, what can you say about them coming off a national championship season in which their defense was fantastic and they lost, as you well know, so many players off that defense, yet they rebuilt quickly. They still have sensational talents. Their defense hardly changed at all from where they were last year. Maybe not quite as dominating statistically as last year because that was ridiculous, but still an outstanding defensive unit. And, of course, the quarterback situation there is very solid as uh, their running game situation is very solid. Uh, Excellent uh, tight ends, uh, offensive line receivers, uh, well-coached. Georgia right now has has it all going, attempting to become the first team to win back-to-back uh, national championships in this format, and I think only the third team all-time to win basketball, uh, maybe fourth, fourth team all-time to go back-to-back winning national championships, which raises the question, uh, should Georgia win tonight, 
how do you view Georgia now in the all-time history of uh, college football if they do pull off the back-to-back national championships tonight? And uh, certainly you'd have to put them on that that mountaintop with uh, some of the all-time great teams. Uh, that's uh, some of the things we'll talk about tonight. Take your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Also, basketball, Clemson Tigers sit atop the ACC. That's right. I didn't stumble. I haven't been drinking. The Clemson Tigers at 5-0 and sit atop the ACC. Who cares? Does anybody care? Do Clemson fans care? Yeah, I think they do. I think they'll be excited Wednesday when Louisville comes to town and then Duke on Saturday when Duke is at Little John Coliseum, they should. They should care. They should be excited. Uh, this was a team that um, had a really good win at Pitt Saturday. They led a bit early, fell behind in the second half. They were down mm, seven points, about five minutes to go, and went on a 9-0 run, turned it around, really attacked the basket. One thing you got to like about this Clemson team, they've got three guys that they are – can play inside, and all three are fearless at attacking the basket. Chase Hunter is playing uh, tremendously at point guard for them. They're getting a lot of different contributions. They're shooting the ball like no Clemson team we've seen in I don't know how long. Uh, Lead the ACC from the foul line. Lead the ACC in three-point shooting. And, of course, they're playing good defense the way Brad Brownell likes. So it's all coming together for Clemson right now and a chance to pick up two wins this week. South Carolina was at that game Saturday in Columbia. And, you know, the Gamecocks aren't as bad as that game would indicate. They're, they're not real good, okay? They've got a lot of issues. They're not 50 points bad, even though Tennessee is a team that can win the national championship. That team looks good. Long, lean, talented, well-coached, can score from every position, deep bench, they're elite. They're elite, and they they treated South Carolina as an elite team should. But the Gamecocks, you know, they went and played Vanderbilt to an overtime game, and Vanderbilt's a good middle-of-the-road team. I think South Carolina's probably a little bit below a good middle-of-the-road team, which puts them kind of like in the, the bottom part of your below-average teams, I guess you could say. But they did look terrible on Saturday. Tennessee had a lot to do with it. I think uh, mental approach from South Carolina had a lot to do with it. Those guys looked like they didn't want to be out there, to be honest with you. They looked like they they did not want to be physical with Tennessee. They did not want to challenge Tennessee. Uh, G.G. Jackson uh, sort of got into a shell out there. He took a couple of early step-back jumpers that missed and then just disappeared. Had one rebound, didn't make a shot from the floor, and this is a – you know, this is your great player, and he's been playing great all year. I'm just saying it was a bad game for him. Certainly he's better than that. He's proved it. But he's got to realize, uh, and they'll be at Kentucky tomorrow night, they've got to realize that, uh, you know, when you're playing the the better teams with the better talent, uh, you're going to face guys who are as good as you or better, and you got to be able to react to it. And he did not react to it well at all in that game the other night, and he gave the Gamecocks absolutely nothing. Michi Johnson looked like the only Gamecock player who felt confident enough on the floor to go out and make something happen. But I don't think they're as bad as they showed. That was one of the worst losses in Gamecock history, their worst loss ever at the CLA, their worst loss ever in an SEC game, not their worst loss ever, period. I mean, you can go back and find where they've lost by 50 points or more, but a truly pitiful performance. And so 
We got all that to kick around. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. As Berkey joins us here on Hello. the program. Now I got to ask you a question. You are a Panthers fan, right? Correct. Oh, good, good, good. And Pat, you're a Panthers fan. Good, good. Because I'm in the yeah, I'm in a situation here where very rare situation for me where my team you, didn't you make want the Matt playoffs. Rule for head coach. My team, <laughs> no, my team didn't make the playoffs this I year, know. and I need some advice on what to do. And I figured who better to ask than a Panthers fan ha, ha, ha. on how to deal with not making the playoffs. Well, don't lose to the Lions, first off. You know, let's, let's be honest, go out and beat the Lions at home. That was tough. First off, that was yeah, tough. That, that was not a good look for the Packers. But props to the Lions for, for showing up and dispatching of one of their interdivision rivals. But from a, a Panthers perspective, misery loves company is all I can tell you, my friend. Yeah. Enjoy the misery. Enjoy sitting back and watching Super Wild Card Weekend without mm, a, a no, dog I to root for. We'll not be watching. <laughs> we'll not be watching. But um, I'll glance, but I won't watch. What I did last night was I tuned in to the Packers radio station in Milwaukee and just listened for two hours to people calling into the postgame show and just ripping. It's nice to know that NFL fans are just like college fans. Mm-hmm. You know, when it doesn't go their way, they just rip. And it's Aaron Rodgers and just up and down the line, the general managers and everybody. And, you know, they make a good point. I mean, the Packers haven't won a Super Bowl since 2010 for all his greatness. Aaron Rodgers hasn't uh, delivered but one trophy, and they've gone backwards you know, ever since the the new coaching staff came in and took them to the what NFC Championship game. I think the very first year, and they've it's gotten less and less and less for the Packers since then. But I'm not going to. And what is his contract situation, though? No, and, and a quick question though: What is his contract situation with the Packers? Which one? Who's that? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, two years, $60 million, I believe is where it stands. Do you, I mean, do you want him for another two years or do you move on? I mean, that's the, they're that's almost what everybody's in a situation. talking about. Yeah. That's the I mean, debate. Almost, what, what do you do? But I mean, is Jordan Love ready to step in and play it? Is Jordan, if Jordan Love stepped in for the Packers to be the next starting quarterback, would he pick up where, and I know Rodgers didn't have his type of year because he set the bar so high. He's still, mm-hmm, sure. he's still had a for a, a lot of quarterbacks a pretty good year a decent year he did throw too many interceptions um so i mean does he pick it up and play at that level i personally as a packers fan would like to see aaron Rodgers come back but they got to right they got to figure some stuff out i thought the defense was um was getting better but they fell apart yesterday a lot of people want joe barry removed as the defensive coordinator there in green bay and um so, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward, but that's all I'm going to say about the Packers, over and done with, and uh, on to the Celtics, who are uh, in first place in the NBA right now. So I've got, I've got that going for you. You've got that me. going for you, yeah. which is nice. Yes. All right. <laughs> Phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Uh, what's on your mind real quick coming off the weekend? Definitely want to hit on the uh, two basketball games, but I wanted to start. You were talking about TCU and Georgia and where Georgia might be if they win tonight. I think they are the elite program in college football right now. They go back-to-back national championships and barely have been tested the last two years. I mean, it's hard to argue that point, isn't it? And if TCU were to pull this off, just to give you an idea of how ridiculously dumb preseason polls are, they would, they would go from unranked to national champions. Mm. First time since 1990 that's occurred. Georgia Tech, the last team to do that when they were preseason not ranked and at least shared a, a portion of the national championship. But the first time in the CFP history that somebody came from out of nowhere, basically, as you pointed out, did not have a good year last year. 
And now they're playing for net. Now they're 60 minutes away from a national title. It's, yeah. it's a great story. I mean, it really is a great story. It kind of gives hope to you. It's sort of an NFL type story, you know, because mm-hmm. every year the NFL prides itself on the fact that teams that were out of the playoffs one year are back in it the next year. And here you got a team that was uh, way down in TCU last year, changed coaches. Gary Patterson, their longtime legendary coach, let go. And they bring in a, a new guy with uh, new ideas, new staff, new approach. Uh, and boy, he's, they've, they've set the world on fire there, and um, with their air raid offense. But can they do that against an outstanding Georgia defense? Then again, then again, you know Georgia was a made field goal away from being at home yeah. uh, tonight. So that's how close it was with them in their semifinal game. And of course, TCU had a thriller against Michigan. We'll see if it's going to be a good game. Keep in mind that Michigan defense, Phil, was actually ranked, I think, number one in the country in scoring defense going into the uh, postseason. And TCU went up and down the field on those guys. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if you know they haven't faced really, really good defenses. I know the Big 12 gets knocked for not playing any defense, but Michigan certainly can, and they didn't. And TCU made them pay for it. All right, phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Give you our poll question of the week. We'll hit the break, and then we'll come back to your calls. Our poll question of the week, Shane Beamer, Gamecocks. They give him a new contract worth $33 million over the next five seasons. What was your reaction to the new deal? 416 votes are in today. The three answers, it's right on the money. Overpaid by $13 million, thinking that maybe $20 million, making it a $4 million a deal, a year deal, would have been, you know, kind of in the middle there. Not yet worthy of a raise. 70% say it's right on the money. 15.9 say not worthy. 13.7 say overpaid by $13 million. You can vote on our poll question of the week on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax, win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists. For tires bigger than your grandma's house. For 3D printing research. For artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery. For funding scholarships. For funding grants. For funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
Love to hear from you tonight. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. Give us a call. We'll get you on the air. Going to jump to the phone calls in just a moment. Reminder that since 2002, more than $829 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund lottery tuition assistance for students attending technical colleges in South Carolina. You can learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. All right. Come to you from the Dave and Buster's studios here in Columbia. Eat, drink, play, and catch the big games, the big championship game tonight. NFL games coming up this weekend. College basketball and NBA. Catch it all at Dave and Buster's Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. Okay, to the phone calls we go after I say this. Uh, South Carolina had a team meeting last night. Understand Spencer Rattler and Antoine Juice Wells were there in attendance. Neither one has come forward yet to say what they're going to do. Now, Tony Morrell of the Big Spur wrote to his readers this morning from his sources. Basically, the two guys are just waiting on more money to see what the NIL situation at South Carolina is going to be. He said that they both got back NFL grades below what they were looking for and that they are waiting to see what kind of uh, financial deal they can get at South Carolina, which, you know, that's um, if that's true, if that's accurate. I mean, hey, that's the world we live in when it comes to college football players, not all of them, some of them. And if that's true for those players and that's kind of what they're looking to do is it's based on how much their NIL situation is going to be, then then so be it. Though, from what I've read and heard, Rattler's already pulling in a pretty good chunk of change. And the question becomes, how much is enough from any right, one particular it, school? And can it or should it even be comparable to what he could make in the NFL? I just I can't believe that colleges are now going to have to contend not just with other schools with NIL money, but you've also now got to deal with trying to outbid the NFL, which is so ridiculous on the surface. I don't even know where to begin with that. That's a professional league, allegedly, uh, now and, and going up against the amateur league, right? But now they've got to contend, and Rattler and, and Wells are going to possibly see if they get as much money as they could possibly get a, a rookie contract in the NFL. It's nuts. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It is a strange, strange deal. Again, if that's true, I'm, that's just what he wrote right, from his right. sources. If that's true, I, I don't know how you feel about that, how that I guess there, there are people out there who are willing to say, okay, you need more? Here, I'll go into my wallet. I'll go into my my 529 kid savings plan and pull out another $5,000 and give it to them. You know, it's kind of the same thing where I was saving for my kid's future, but I'll help his future. It's kind of the same thing. It's academically. Uh, I have to run that by the treasurer next time he's with us. Does that count? Does NIL kind of count as a 529 <laughs> kind of deal because you're helping somebody with their with their college education? Pat? Well, if I was Spencer point. Rattler, I'm looking at all my coaches and all the raises they've gotten in the last few weeks. Why don't I deserve a piece of that cut? Without me, would they have gotten that money? No, oh, here same. we go. Here we go. Well, why not? <laughs> if, if you want, if you want him to stick around and not go to the NFL for a year, you want him to help you bring in more revenue for your school. Why should he not get a piece of that? Mm. I, I don't. I don't understand. So does the, everybody? The should everybody be paid the same amount of money? I mean, again, nobody's should, made that argument. No, no, they should not. You just said he should be paid as much as the coaches. No, I didn't. I said that he should oh. get a piece as well. 
Well, he's getting a piece. He's getting, I've, I've heard, over 1.2. Sure. But if they all got raises, does he not deserve a raise, too? Just well, saying. Well, I mean, he... Is he going to stick around to 2027, though? No. See, if you're going to compare the coaches... Yeah, well, if you're going to compare the coaches, they, they sign a contract that they stay with. You'd, you've got to get into a contract deal with the players. Should, Cal- well, should, should, guarantee- many, should Caleb Williams get as much as Lincoln Riley out at Southern Cal? Should Caleb Williams get as much as Lincoln Riley? Again, nobody is making that argument. Mm-hmm. You're you're completely changing the argument here. Well, he is going to. I mean, so he's gone from zero to over a million at South Carolina, reportedly, from what I've read. Yeah, so good for him. So he's he's gotten something. He's gone from nothing to something. He has gotten a raise. Right. And then as the year progressed, he was fantastic at the end of the season. Would they have beaten Tennessee or Clemson or been as competitive with Notre Dame if he had not been on the team? If he had not well, their played, offense wasn't really that good against Notre Dame when you go back and look at it. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. My point is, though, is if, if other people are going to get raises in part due to his play, I feel as though he should he is well within his rights to want to see an increase should, in his compensation as well. Should Javon Gwynn have gotten more money and, and maybe stay? Because he was rated, from what I read, PFF rated him as the number one right guard performance-wise in the bowl games. He had the highest rating. So by his performance, should he have gotten more money? Perhaps. I mean, it's just, you know, where are you going to draw the line? Is there any line to be drawn here? I don't think there is a line. Mm -hmm. As long as we're seeing, again, salaries across the board from a coaching perspective, we're seeing TV deals explode. We're seeing ticket sales go up in price every single year to the consumer. We're seeing more and more money across the board. Everything now is a spectacle. Everything's on on television Everything is right there for the consumer. Why are we? I just don't understand personally the argument against seeing these players want to see more compensation as well. I fully understand the argument about they already get a scholarship. I get that. Cool. That's great. But I also never once, and I don't think anybody is making the claim that everybody should get paid the same thing. There's a sliding scale just like every other facet of life, every other job on the planet. There's Division One, there's Division Two, there's Division Three, there's starters, there's backups, there's practice squad. There's always going to be a sliding scale of compensation, just like with head coaches, assistant coaches, uh, interns, and so forth. This is this is the way of the world. I just don't see why we celebrate on one hand when a coach gets a raise, but then we're upset at a player who wants a raise as well. All right, 888-898-2525. Let's go to Andy in Columbia. Lead us off tonight. Andy, welcome into Sports Talk. How you doing? Hey, Corn, Pat, and Chris. I'm doing well, and right on, Pat. I'm right with you there. But before I get into anything, mm. today is a special day. Happy birthday to number 25. Oh, that's right. It is. Yes, it is. And maybe, Corn, cool. next time you go to lunch, since you owe me lunch, when you and Rick go to lunch, you should bring me along. Well, what I did, what I did, and you're right. I'm sure Rick wouldn't have a problem with I, I took him out for lunch with what I was going to take you out for lunch with. I used that on him, so <laughs> sorry. I, see how but I think you'll be happy with that. You should be satisfied. Your all-time ultimate hero I took out to lunch in your honor, so we're even. Well, you know, we, we all should have gotten together and we could have commensurate over all three of our teams not being in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> really? What a pity party that would have been. And corn, uh. $49.5 million. That's what uh, Rodgers is slated to make next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got $60, 50 million million less, $60 million left one, in a two-year deal, I believe. It's $50 million next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, he's 
I, I, I just, as a Packer fan, I don't want to bore everybody with you know Packer woes here, but no, I don't want to go through don't want to go through the drama, you know, off season crap. And uh, I heard fans last night on the call in show them saying, you know, and and they're right. He didn't participate in any off season workouts, drills, no preseason games. That's got to change. That's that's got to change. He went down to Peru and did his um, hallucinogenic tour instead of doing practice. Well, you know, and I told somebody the other day, might have been on this show, I said it too. He's got a girlfriend again, and I said, that's not good. That's not good. Every time he's got a girlfriend, he goes out and stinks it up. And uh, Just remember, you're not in the playoffs because my Jets whipped you. Okay, so just put that in your pipe and smoke. Man, we got there. beat by a bunch of people this year. We <laughs> Jets weren't alone in whipping the Packers. All right, thank you very much. Hit the break. Be right back. We are Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. It's the Monday after. Phil Cornblute, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. We're all here. Glad you're with us. Get back to your phone calls in just a moment. Number 888-898-2525. Got a complete recruiting report coming your way in just a few minutes. Stay tuned for that. Otherwise, wide open for your phone calls. Want to uh, update a couple of things of uh, note, of importance from today that uh, we need to discuss, kick around, uh, put it out there on the record. So let's see. We've got, uh, what do we have here? we got um, South Carolina women, once again, unanimous in the top 25 AP ranking. And, boy, that game with LSU, LSU's up to number five, their highest ranking since 2009. They are a scoring machine as well. Man, Gamecocks had a battle on their hands at Mississippi State yesterday, but they that's going to be uh, an interesting battle, you know, with the Carolina's defense as good as they are on the defensive end of the floor against LSU. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's going to be tough to find a ticket for that game in February. I would think so. College of Charleston up one to twenty-two in the AP men's poll. Clemson five and zero in league play is still unranked. They are that's still amazing. unranked, which tells you <laughs> what amazing. they think about the ACC. There's only three ACC teams mm-hmm. ranked: uh, Virginia, Miami. And Duke, but Clemson is at number, uh, not in there yet, but getting votes. Charleston's 22, Houston uh, back at number one. As for the in-state rundown on the net for this week, and tell you about that here in just a second. Uh, In the meantime, Furman is ranked 10th in the final FCS polls. They were 10-3, 7-1, the Southern Conference, and reached the second round of the playoffs. Odds to win the college football championship for next season from Bet Online. Georgia is the three to one favorite. Alabama's fifteen to four. Ohio State is six to one. Michigan is twelve to one. Notre Dame is thirteen to one. Down the list, Clemson is twenty-five to one, and USC is one hundred to one. So put your money down. Hey, the Gamecocks could be the TCU of next year. Win mm-hmm. you a bunch of clam. Panthers next year at home. Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers, Packers, Vikings, Texas, Colts, and Cowboys. Away, wow. Falcons, Bears, Lions, Jags, Saints, Bucks, Titans, Seahawks, and Dolphins. So how many 
playoff teams are in that group. You've got the Bucks, you've got the Vikings, you got the Cowboys, that's three. The Seahawks, the Diamond, uh, Dolphins are five. And um, the Jags make six. And, and Tampa Bay. I said them. I said Bay? them, yeah. yeah. That'd be six. How about how about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, the kid is great. What can you say? Yeah. Great in high school, great in college. Now going to be um, – this is just a start for him. They'll continue to build around him. Doug Peterson's a heck of a coach, and um, – as long as he stays healthy. He missed healthy. a couple of throws, though, in fairness, in that game. And, and Aikman sort of called him out during the broadcast. Uh, he missed a couple of surefire touchdowns that probably would have sealed the game. They didn't need the defensive touchdown. But otherwise, hit the second half of the season, nobody was playing any better than him. Yeah. At quarterback, anyway. Here is that uh, the rundown of the net rankings that I mentioned that uh, I was going to get to a moment ago for the, the state. I like to do every Monday. So College of Charleston in the net through games of yesterday, the Cougars are 51. That's our highest team from the state, 51. Clemson is 54. Yet they're 3-1 and one in Q1 games. Furman is 125. Wofford, 206. Coastal, 249. Upstate is 254. South Carolina is 264. Winthrop, 270. Charleston Southern, 288. Citadel, 303. SC State 338, Presbyterian 340. Speaking of El Cid, they'll be announcing or introducing, they've already announced, they'll be introducing their new head football coach at a press conference on a Thursday afternoon. We plan to be there for that, to take it all in as a new era of football with a new head coach, Coach Drayton, Maurice Drayton, begins at the Citadel. And uh, got a feeling he'll do a terrific job. Citadel man knows what it, what it takes down there. And uh, we'll get things back going. Wait and see what kind of offense he decides to run there. They've been, uh, you know, they, they've been uh, such a, a, an option, triple option team for so many years down there. You wonder if he's going to try and, um, and come at it in another direction. But look forward to being there for that. And ACC officials going to work tonight's national championship game. So good luck with that. Um, DeMar Hamlin discharged from the hospital in Cincinnati, returning to a hospital in Buffalo to continue his recovery. So that's great news. And congrats yeah. to uh, the sports writers and sports caster of the year in South Carolina for the National Sports Media Association announced today. They announced the winners across the country, the various states. John Blau from the Post and Courier, who covers Clemson, and Grace Rayner. Used to be with the Post and Courier. She's with The Athletic. They are the co-sports writers of the year. And Scott Eisberg from Channel 4 in Charleston is the sportscaster of the year. Congratulations to all those folks. Well-deserved, hard workers, do a great job. You got anything else you want to add? I just wanted to chime in on the basketball. We can get back to that after we get some calls in if you want. All right, 888-898-2525. Oh, 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 you know what else we got to do? But we'll take calls first. Yeah, I like to do this on championship night. It's the, tonight's the night we have to announce officially the champion of our Pick'em contest uh-huh. and also the uh, f- football filibuster, the official announcement of the winner of the Corn Cup for, uh, for 2022. So uh, we'll get to that when we have our next break. So let's go to uh, Keith in Camden. We appreciate the patience, everybody on hold. Going to get to you, Keith. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Um, 
I agree with Pat, but I'm going to shift from uh, football for a minute and um, focus on basketball. Pat, we need to come up with a big package because it's obvious we're not doing anything for basketball. I mean, well, uh, you have to believe in Lamont this, Paris. This, this is going to be a tough ask. If you're talking I, to Gamecock fans, you're going to have to give him a chance and have to believe in him and believe that he's got a plan and uh, he knows the game and he can relate to the kids and he can get some better players in over time. I mean, it's a hodgepodge this year. There's no question about look, it. Phil, I don't disagree with that at all, my friend. However, if you look, and I'm not saying we've had a long tradition. But if you look at where we were and you look at the decision made, whether it's Tanner, I know I pile on Tanner, so I'm not going to do that tonight. The board, whatever, this was five steps backwards. I mean, you just diluted the whole house and started over. And if you think that this thing's going to get turned around in three or four years, uh, this it's, it's, it's – it's scary. <laughs> well, I mean, if you base it, that's why I, I came out and said, pitiful. don't and judge them. That's no insult on Paris. I'm not defending them, but I, you can't judge them on that Tennessee game. I mean, Tennessee was just really good, um, and South Carolina comparable was, was really bad, and and I don't know how else to put it, except that they yeah. were just totally outmanned at every position. Um, they That's going to be the case most of the year. Well, I, you know, there'll be some games they can win. They can beat yeah. Vanderbilt. They can uh, maybe beat Texas A&M Saturday at home. They're they're not going great. Uh, uh, they're not you know tearing it up. Um, yeah. Look at Kentucky. I mean, with all, you know, they're probably going to get smashed by Kentucky. Kentucky got smashed by Alabama. They're going to mm-hmm. be uh, they're going to be out for it tomorrow night to, to get back on the winning way. But I'm I'm just saying, you know, they're struggling in their own way too. But yeah. This this we knew going into SEC play, it could be a, a rough go of it for the Gamecocks. You got a taste of it on Saturday. Well, Phil, one thing: when you do get to talk to Tanner, find I mean, how committed are we to men's basketball? I mean, at the end of the day, how committed? I mean, are we? what what do you I think? Mean, what do you, what is your take? I don't think I don't think we're very committed at all. The 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 era I grew up with, no, we're not committed. I mean, my, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you can't tell me you can't have success. Uh, for years, the women would win eight, nine games. Dawn came here and uh, had the number one recruit from Texas, and the girl caused problems. She sent her home, and people were like, what in the world is she doing? But look what she's done over time. It can be done. But and, and how many years did it take her? It took 10 years. It took her? For Dawn? You, you're talking about to get to where we're at right Well, now? I mean, to become the best program in the country took 10 years, but she was competitive yeah, yeah. within what? About four years. Yeah, three or four yeah. years she was competitive. She yeah. won 25 yeah. games her fourth year yeah. at USC. Yeah, fourth year. But why can't we do that in men's? I mean, I'm, I'm, I just don't think that – just saying that it's, it's okay, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. Give them, give them the resources. Well, what more can they give them? They've totally rebuilt the basketball offices. They've got a beautiful 18,000-seat arena. You've got NIL money. You've got everything. I don't know what – I mean, what else can you give them? What else can you give a guy? 
I don't know. What does it take? I don't, I don't know. know what it takes. I know it's hard Maybe to recruit. That, it's yeah. hard to recruit at South Carolina for basketball. But just, you know, look, compare yourself to Clemson. And, of course, it's a year-by-year thing. But look right. at what Brad Brownell's put together at Clemson this year. You know, his best player is a local kid, P.J. Hall from Dorman, who wanted Dorman. to go to Clemson. Yeah, he wanted to go to Clemson. And and he's obviously a all-ACC caliber player. But, um, you know, they're getting performances from a number of guys. Hunter Tyson, who's a older guy. What's he? I think he's fifth year in the program. Been around forever. He's playing his best basketball. Chase Hunter's growing up playing his best basketball. They're getting contributions from guys off the bench. A couple of freshmen are giving them something here and there. It's a complete team effort they're getting right now. Um, they yeah. made the choice. They could have fired him after last season and started over. They decided they to ride with him for another year, <laughs> and look what they're getting. Had the Gamecocks Absolutely. rode with, with Frank Martin, and that team he had last year held together okay. and come back, this might be a totally different season for South Carolina basketball. Thank you, including the kid from Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the recruit from point. Maryland. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Gigi well, may have been in the fold too. I hope Parrish makes it. Oh, Gigi would have been in the fold. Yeah, they'd mm-hmm. have Jackson too. But yeah. they made yeah. the decision to um, actually they made the decision. You know, the, the year before, but whatever. Not going to rehash all that. But that'd been I, in the yeah. works for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, y'all have a good evening. I'm not still sure who they are, really. I mean, I I don't know who's running the ship or not. But enjoy the show, y'all. Thank have you. A good night. Thank you very much. Appreciate and the phone Phil, call. with regards to Clemson, if you don't like the portal, John, and you're totally against player movement, Clemson is the the team you should root for because they have built it from the ground up. You talked about and and Brad Brownell brought it up, and and the reason he felt they beat Pittsburgh is because they're older guys played well down the stretch. And you hit on those guys who are juniors, fifth-year players. No, even P.J. Hall's now a junior. They've got older guys. And you think back to when the Gamecocks went to the Final Four in 2017. They were old guys. Normally, those are the teams that win. It's really, really difficult to bring in five, six, seven, outside of Kentucky. And you're seeing what's happening slowly with Kentucky. I think you're roading a little bit. But it's really difficult in basketball to continually turn over your roster year in, year out through the portal. And if you can stick with the program and stick with the coach and allow him to recruit the way he does and slowly build what they want to do, you're seeing what Clemson's able to do because they've got older guys. Now, I don't. are they going to win the ACC? Still a stretch, but they're certainly in a much better position to do so than anybody else right now. So I was listening to that conversation and what Keith was saying, and I want to throw something at you guys real quick, if I may. Uh, while y'all were talking, I started Googling college basketball practice facilities because right now, of course, we know every major football program has new shiny football facilities like we see here at Carolina, at Clemson, and so forth. That is quite an investment. You're asking a lot of your fans, a lot of your donors, and so forth. I'm not finding nearly as many when it comes to basketball. Yes, many of uh, some of the big programs, the Duke, the Kentuckys, the UCLA's, the Kansas, they have these shiny practice basketball facilities, but not a whole lot across the country like we see with football. Would it be advantageous of a program like a South Carolina, like a Clemson, that maybe wants to take that next step, would it be worth it to invest in a shiny basketball facility? You could share it between the men and the women. Maybe you could put volleyball or some other things in there as well to make it really used year-round. But would that help from a recruiting standpoint? Would that help lure in top recruits from across the country? Would that put more of an emphasis on basketball than maybe we're seeing and, and would help 
fans like Keith who are frustrated by not seeing as much emphasis in his opinion on basketball as what he grew up seeing, would that maybe help alleviate some of those concerns? Well, no, first of all, know. Clemson has a separate facility attached to Little John Coliseum. They have a whole area just for their for practice. They have a like a second gym that's part of the facility there at Little John. South Carolina. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right though. Yeah. And South Carolina built a practice facility for basketball and then and I'm trying to remember the exact process here. They either built it with volleyball in mind or ended up sharing it with volleyball. Something Eddie Fogler never was happy about, having to share a, a basketball facility with other teams and women's basketball and volleyball. Uh, and that goes back to what people would say, a commitment. If you're, you know, totally commit, like football ha- doesn't have to share anything with anybody. They're first in line for every shiny toy that you get. And they, and they have their own, they have their own weight training area. You know, for the longest time, men's basketball at South Carolina uh, had, did not have its own. They had to share with others. Now they have their own. I think the women have their own. But um, now USC men's and women's basketball share a practice facility. It's called the Carolina Coliseum. Coliseum, right. Yeah. It's probably it's, it's the, it's the, the, the practice facility in the country with the most seats. Because, you know, you still got about 8,000 yeah. seats in there. So if you want to go watch practice, you got plenty of room to get people in there. No other practice facility in the country has 8,000 seats in it, I doubt. So, I, I would I would double check with Kentucky before you say that, but uh, I think you're probably right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't fault the two schools. I think they've done pretty much everything they can do to make their basketball program successful. Chris, okay. do you see anything? You're around college basketball more than any of us. No, I, I, I don't know to answer Keith's question, and I don't know that what else USC can do. And it's, it's, it always goes back, and especially in the other sports, as basketball in particular in our states, where it, it obviously takes a clear backseat. It's probably, in men's basketball in particular, probably the third most popular sport in our state behind football and baseball, don't you think? So what do you what do you have to do to get more players and more talent in there? You've got to get the fans involved, and the fans don't want to come and watch somebody get beat by forty at home, and that's the problem. It's that chicken versus the egg scenario. Do you get the fan base to start supporting the program, and then the program is able to utilize that to build uh, a championship type program like Don Stanley has done, or do you have to win first and then the fans will come? Yeah. But how do you get the recruits if they're playing in, in a half-empty building? It's just it's a tough, tough sell. It really is. A, it has been for a long time. And there have been s- spots where both Clemson and South Carolina have been successful. But I think the problem is it's not been consistent and maintained success. Yeah. You know, if one of those two programs ripped off four or five straight years to the tournament, and now you, if we expand to 90 teams, you know, it's almost a demand. You've got to go to the tournament. But in the, in the past – I think uh, in our state, I think people love college basketball, but they've just not had anything to really get excited about over the years. Of course, you know, 90, if you said 90 teams make the tournament, that's roughly one out of four. Mm -hmm. Because there's about 300, and I think I was looking at it today, about 363. About 363, I think, Division I basketball teams. When Mm -hmm. you look at the net ranking, I think it ranks 363 somewhere in that neighborhood. So but one out of four will make the tournament when they go to 90. Now it's about one out of every six. What you got? Just, Phil, you're exactly right. Remember, at the end of last week, the NCAA's Transformation Committee Championship subgroup, 
they proposed an expansion to, to incorporate roughly 25% of teams in all championship tournaments, including college basketball season ending March Madness. But keep in mind, they're saying this for all sports. Yeah. In their mind, they want to see roughly 25% of schools or of active teams to make the postseason across the board. Yeah. All right, we'll continue with your phone calls. 888-898-2525. Good stuff we're kicking around tonight as we go to um, Steel. Is that right? Steel in Monk's Corner. Welcome in from Monk's Corner, Steel. How are you? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, man. I, I don't want to rewind the show, but I do want to chime in on the fact of uh, does Spencer Rattler deserve more money Yeah, because the coaches are getting more money. Let, let's, all, let's all think about how the beginning of this season started out. Spencer Rattler was not playing very good football. I can remember throwing my must champ pinch doll at the TV many a time. Your, your, your must champ what? Your must champ what? My must champ pinch doll. I had my mama make me a must champ pinch doll, and every time must champ would do something stupid, I'd pinch it, slap it, throw it. All right. Okay. I think those are called voodoo dolls, aren't they, Steele? Well, in most corner, we call them pinch dolls. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Let's talk about the coaching. You know, uh, I don't know if Spencer Rattler will be where he's at right now if it hadn't have been for Coach Beamer's coaching staff. Would his head be in the right space that it's in? The, the last part of the season, he was playing phenomenal football. What got him there? What clicked? What, what changed for him? I got to think that it was a positions coach that got in his head and got him where he needed to be. Does that position coach need more money? Absolutely. Does Spencer Rattler need more money? Whatever the NIL can get him, that's what I say. Mm. Does, he, does he deserve it because the coaches get more money? I don't think so. Well, the coach that got the him there is no longer perfect. there. You know, he's moved on to Nebraska now. Right. I guess you'd have to identify Marcus Satterfield. He is the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, the guy who was closest to him. He's now moved yep. on to now moved on to Nebraska. I mean, and thank you for your phone call. Uh, sure. Send us a picture of your pinch doll tweeted at us or something i'd love to see what it looks like <laughs> love to take a okay, look at that thank you very much at sports talk sc send that to us um you know again pat's exactly right i'm not arguing what he's saying i mean it's it's now a free market i guess my thing is i just don't like it but i have to yeah. accept it and understand it i just don't like it maybe that's why i resist agreeing with it um, but it is the way of the world right now. And the question becomes, South Carolina, are the fans willing to um, cough up enough money to show it to a quarterback? And, and you know, what if it climbs to 4 or $5 million? If that's what it is, then that's what it is. If that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. If your receiver needs $2 million to stay, then that's what it is. That's what it takes. If that's how South Carolina is going to um, survive in this era of college sports versus – you know, being able to attract players on the merit of the program and the university and the academics and the campus and all that. If all that's kind of off the table, uh, but it takes the, the green to get it done and you want to get it done, then that's how you'll have to get it done. I posed to you guys during the break a little while ago a, a, a potential compromise. If you want to go Pat's route, and again, I think Pat brought up a really, really good point, made a cogent argument about why, you know, Spencer Rattler deserves more money. 
would you be more inclined along the, the lines of a head coach? Since we use Beamer, well, he got a raise. He also got a contract extension. Would you feel more comfortable if you got rid of the transfer portal altogether? Players signed at USC, at Clemson, at Texas, wherever. And they got NIL money tied into the fact that they were going to be there for four years. Would, would fans be more inclined to say, all right, I'll pay Spencer Rattler $2.5 million because I know he's going to be with my program and my team for four years? Well, I'm not against transferring. I mean, I think transferring is an important part of the college sports process. I think you got to have that option. But I think you should have to pay a penalty. Now, it used to be you had to sit out a year, and everybody mm-hmm. seemed to be okay with that. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this yesterday. The thing that the NCAA did by removing the restrictions and giving the players the one-time free transfer, that was something they did on their own. That wasn't legal. That wasn't forced upon them like the NIL. That didn't come from a court or a judge. They did that themselves, I think, just to try to win some friends because everybody was piling on the NCAA and uh, you know, telling them how stupid they are, which they are, and how ignorant they are, which they are, and how buried in the sand their heads are, which they were, when all this was happening and they were just twiddling their thumbs. And they said, okay, well, we can't do anything about that, but we can give you a free one-time transfer. That make you happy? You know, without even considering the consequences for everybody involved. So they could easily go back and change the rule if they wanted to. Wasn't it supposed to be just a COVID thing and then it just kind of never went away? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. But you could go back and put in a little something to kind of cool that part of it down a little bit. And I agree with what you're saying, and I've said it before. Let's have contracts, but there are consequences for breaking a contract. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Right as we went to break, I guess it was uh, 7 o'clock, top of the hour, you know, these guys, they have a flair for the dramatic and want to announce things at the top of certain hours. So Juice Wells has announced that he will re- be back at South Carolina for the 2023 season. You can draw your own conclusions if that means Spencer. You know, probably the way this is being set up is Wells goes first and then Rattler probably announces tomorrow that he's coming back for another year. But that right there, guys, that right there, in my mind, I don't know what South Carolina is going to finish in the AP poll when it comes out, I guess, later tonight after the championship game. I mean, I think South Carolina's a top 25 team coming off this season. But that three. right there puts them as a top 20 team, I would think, in the preseason polls next year. And, Phil, would you have thought that a guy <clears> – <throat> excuse me, not to knock FCS football because if you watch South Dakota State play yesterday, you get the sense they can play with virtually anybody the way they manhandled North Dakota State for the title. But to think of somebody who spent two seasons at James Madison turns into an all-SEC performer and just tells you if you're a good football player, good basketball player, you can play anywhere. Absolutely. I mean, you really can, and they'll find you. Antoine Wells this year at South Carolina, 13 games, 68 catches, 928 yards, about 14 yards a catch, five touchdowns, and was just tremendous for them. And, of course, 
probably got their, what, three biggest yards of the season in, in getting that <laughs> yeah. first down against yep. Clemson. That was probably the three biggest yards of the season uh, for the Gamecocks. So he is coming back, and that is uh, big news for South Carolina. More in recruiting. You had a big weekend in dealing with the portal, and there's more to come there, so it seems. So we'll tell you all about that if you're not aware coming up. But a lot of folks have been holding on those phone lines, 888 We appreciate your patience. Let's get back at it. It's um, Steve in Myrtle Beach with us next. Steve, welcome in. How are you? Steve, are you there, sir? Uh Uh-oh, I checked with Steve a moment ago. He did not answer. I'm not sure. Steve, you still with us? If not, put you on a brief hold and check. Nope. I think we hear him coming to the phone. Hey, Steve, Steve, is this you? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, but you, we got a terrible feedback echo thing going here. Hey, Phil, why don't, I'm going to check with him off air. Go ahead to the next caller. I'll, we'll get you right back in, Steve. Hang tight. All right. Well, hang on, Steve. Uh, we got to get that figured out. In the meantime, let's go to um, Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry in Swansea. Welcome in, Gamecock Larry. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% on that Shane Beamer race. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Gamecock Larry, let me ask you a question. You being a huge Gamecock fan and everything, and, uh, you know, you, you call us from the VA hospital, so we know you're over there and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, how much of your uh, Social Security check would you donate to a, a Gamecock NIL fund to pay the quarterback? Like 50%, 75%? I got something to tell you right now. That report is wrong, not accurate. I would give him all my social security <laughs> check to come back. But he's got that's that but he's waiting for more in the NIL that's completely out of the that's out. No. Yeah, that is not why he has it announced. But he will uh, he will announce when he gets ready. He don't want no more money. He's getting enough money. Now, let me tell you about uh, paying Shane Beamer six and a half, six, over $6 million. Mm-hmm. If Missouri can pay drink $6.5 million for beating South Carolina three years in a row, we can sure pay Shane $6.5 million for winning nine games. Drink he only won eight. Have a, he only won eight, Larry. Sorry. They got beat in the bowl what? game. They got beat in the bowl game. Okay, anyway, all right, okay. But our drink, he's got a losing record in the SEC. He's got a losing record overall. And if they can pay him $6.5 million for beating South Carolina three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Remember when they won that game, he went home, and that's when they gave him the raise. After he beat South Carolina, now, uh, well, you done got me mixed up. Now, done got me all. I got some. Oh yeah, <laughs> talking about uh, this uh, tra- a little bit about the transfer report. Yes, I don't blame a young man for for uh, going to get more money, uh, but I, I some somebody says something about it. They got $300,000 invested in Jordan Birch and he's going to up and leave and go for a million dollars in NIL 
Well, I remember a young man in 1972 getting ready to retire from the Army. But he, they give him a six-month on-the-job training in a company here in Columbia. That young man, he went that six months on-the-job training, still in the Army, retired in February 2, and went to work selling insurance. Boy, he done pretty good, trained this, and they sent him to Jacksonville, Florida for insurance school. That young man done good, come back, and had it made. One of his buddies said, look, you can make more money over here. That young man went to the other insurance company. About a month later, that young man was out trying to learn how to install uh, install uh, air conditioners mm. in the cold, in the freezer. That young man made a mistake. The grass ain't always greener on the other side. That insurance company of Senator Jacksonville didn't get nothing out of it. But that new company, they didn't, they didn't put up with him. They cut him out on the month, and he had to get out and find him a job. Yes, everybody deserves a second chance, but the grass ain't always greener on the other side. That's about all I got to say. Go game Cox. Love all y'all. Let me listen just a minute, please. I ain't got no radio. Let me listen just a minute and see what you got to say about this. Mr. Mr. Malfield. Man, I love you on your Clemson. You sound like a Clemson man. Clemson (laughs) Tigers. Tonight, tonight, I am not going to pull for the dogs. The dogs going to probably run about 47 to 31, but I'm going to pull for the TCU. Well, Larry, we thank you very much. Hope you get that radio soon. I'm kind of working on that for you, but we haven't resolved it yet. But hope we get that radio to you real soon. Uh, Larry, thank you very much. Great stuff as always. 888-898-2525. We continue with your phone calls. You want to try uh, Stephen Myrtle Beach again since we had to jump him. And now we go back to him. Steve, Myrtle Beach, welcome in. How are you? Guys, you can tell what I'm fixing to talk about. I really wanted to talk about this. All right. So that was uh, Lay it on. Sometimes it's painful. But, Lay it on. Um, big Gamecock fan, but I'm not even going to touch on the basketball program or this NIL crap or anything like that. What I want to touch on is Mike Tomlin. So I'm going to throw you all off course here. All right. I'm a Steeler fan. Always been a large Steeler fan. And I want to know what in Haiti – keeps the national media from criticizing Mike Tomlin. Six years without a playoff win. Six years. Jacksonville's now been in the playoffs more than we have over the past ten years. But he never gets criticized. All right. Well, let me uh, let me try and respond. Uh, first of all, I think that um, – how many rings has he got? Two? Two. 
Yeah. No, no, he's only got one. He he's got one. He played for one. He played for two. Mm. He got one in two thousand and eight. Yeah. And then lost to Green Bay the next year. Your team there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't know the Pittsburgh media, and I don't read it very much. You obviously do. I got to believe there's some in there that criticize him in on over the airwaves or in the in the well, I say print or on the internet, whatever. Got to be some columnists, some opinionators, opinion makers there who 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 are critical of of things with the Steelers. Because you're right, they they have struggled. Their struggles, of course, um, and, and you're more familiar with it than I am. But it kind of probably dates to when. Roethlisberger started going down when his skills started eroding and they stuck with him at quarterback and eventually transitioned to somebody else. They've kind of found themselves in a hole there at quarterback, which happens to so many NFL teams. And it's kind of, I don't know how y'all feel about it. I think it's, it's really a shame that football has reached the point where if you're not really, really, really good at quarterback, most likely you're not going anywhere. That so much is put on that one position to be great. Not just good to be great to make you great, um, but anyway, that's the offenses they've chosen to run. You know, they've chosen to put everything on the quarterbacks, the RPOs. Who's that on? Who's an RPO on? It's on the quarterback, right? Uh, it's on the quarterback. Yeah, and so he's but, got to not only read it right, he's got years. to perform it. He's got to perform it well. Um, but go ahead. But, go but ahead. Mike came in, but Mike came in as a defensive guru, and when Ben had Antonio and Antonio's right mind. And he had Le'Veon, he had Martavis. We were throwing up forty nine points a game and still losing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got he's got three playoff wins since the Green Bay Super Bowl appearance. They're over Miami with Matt Moore, Kansas City with Alex Smith, and Cincinnati with Alex McCarry. Now, and I'm watching the Packers game last night, and I hear Packer fans and I hear national media complaining about Matt Lafleur. Huh. If he wins that game last night, that's four straight years in the Super Bowl for that guy. I'm not a Super Bowl, but the playoffs. Yeah, but they the, compl- they're, they're, e- they're easily to complain about him. But don't Mike Tomlin? He's never had a losing record. Well, that, that's not good. It's like saying you're a Yankees fan, right, Phil? That's like saying you know, are you happy with the Yankees mm-hmm. making the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I hear so what you're saying. My I, point is maybe this. maybe the national media shies off. From criticizing Mike Tomlin, could it be? Anything. Could it be because the ownership in Pittsburgh has been so protective of their coaches over the years? They don't change coaches in Pittsburgh, right? No, we don't. We we don't. But we've also never had this stretch in Pittsburgh as well. I and mean, we did go through some lean years in the nineties. But but Cowher picked that up. Um, I, I just I, it just kills me now in the environment that we're in. That Mike Tomlin did the it's even considered for Coach of the Year this year. I mean, yeah, he was we finished nine and eight. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the, the national media mm. saying that he should get consideration for Coach of the Year, considering what he well, what did he have to deal with? Is my point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we brought Pickett in, we brought Trubisky in, and all that. But I'm just going back to the years where we were loaded with talent that Mike wasted it, and. uh you know, anyway, so I'll jump off, and I just needed to vent about Mike Tomlin, to be honest with you, because, mm-hmm. you know, during the day I can't call into a Pittsburgh show. I think the national media will cut you off if you criticize Mike Tomlin. No, I think the media, too, and the media being human beings, and, you know, Mike Tomlin has, from what I've seen, the snippets I've seen and the interviews I've seen, has always been um, 
direct with his media, answered questions, never yeah. shied away from anything. I mean, they seem to have a good relationship, and they give you more of a benefit of a doubt in that kind of scenario than if you were a Belichick. I imagine Belichick is probably catching a bunch of grief up in the Boston media, you know, the way things are going yeah. right now for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm certain he is, and I'll go back and I'll jump off, but I'll go back to the AFC Championship game where we had where we were playing the Patriots, and the week before that, Antonio does the Facebook Live thing, this, that, and the other. The players that played for Belichick, I wasn't necessarily upset with what Antonio did at the time, but and I'll just and this is Pittsburgh's team. The fact that Antonio Brown was comfortable enough to do that under Mike Tomlin speaks volumes as to why Mike Tomlin can't can never get over that hump. And when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, think about again the three playoff wins he's had since going to the Super Bowl against the Packers and who those quarterbacks were that he beat. And I'll hang up now. And you guys can discuss it. If not, then I appreciate the time, man. Y'all take care. Well, we'll give you the time, and thank you very much. You know, I don't – I'm not a – I'm not a student of the Steelers. Um, I had a buddy of mine in college from Pittsburgh who lived and died with the Steelers. I don't know. How about you, Chris? You you went up, up on the Steelers very much? Pat, you up on the Steelers very much? Not on the Steelers. I'm much more up on the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins of the, oh, hockey, the National yeah, Hockey League. Yeah. But that, I, I knew some people from Pittsburgh down here, too. And I mean, that town just bleeds black and gold. And if, you know, even in the West Virginia. Well, there's you're a couple. A Steelers of, fan, I don't there, know what you're doing. There's a couple of sports bars in Myrtle Beach that are Steeler themed sports bars. Yeah, you walk in and Steeler stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. I love those places. I had a roommate in college that was a big Pittsburgh fan. He was from up, up in that area. And he always led me to believe, and I get this is the same in college different franchises, different teams have different expectations. I certainly understand that. And I say this partly tongue in cheek, but. Dadgum, I am I am very envious, very jealous of Steve <laughs> as a Panthers fan who in 28 years have never had back-to-back -back winning seasons to be able to complain about a head coach who was 162-93 and 93 in his career as head coach of the Steelers, and he has never once had a losing record in 16 years. That must be nice because I would that's, love that's, to experience that. That's <laughs> why I came to you and Chris for advice on how to deal with not being in the playoffs because you have experience, and this is something totally foreign to a guy like me as, as a Packer yeah. fan, you know. All right, we got to go to a break, and we'll come back with more of your phone calls. Phone calls the entire way except for recruiting. And also, uh, we got to give you the uh, final tally, and we'll do that coming up, of the football filibuster between the governor and the attorney general, and also the final tally of the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge, the greatest 12-member Pick'em panel in America, and the shocking the winner. The shocking winner of this year's championship. It's I still can't get my head my head around it. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases.
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. We're back at Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network across the state of South Carolina. Appreciate you being with us tonight. 888-898-2525 is the number. Great phone calls tonight. Again, if you uh, just joined us, Juice Wells tweeted out about 24 minutes ago, 24 minutes and 46 seconds ago to be accurate, just so you can timestamp that in your life so you'll know, you know where you were when it happened that he is coming back to South Carolina for 2023. And I would imagine that Spencer Rattler will announce the same here in the uh, not-too-distant future, which would mean Dante Reno, in all likelihood, will stay in the 24 recruiting class for South Carolina and not enroll with this class. I wouldn't see that happening for him. Something he was waiting on was for Spencer Rattler to decide what he was going to do. And with got to believe Rattler's coming back, uh, that uh, would – lead him to go ahead and stay in the uh, the 2024 class we go to uh the phones once again 888-898-2525 and rt in beautiful wild and wonderful lake murray welcome into sports talk how are you what's going on man oh it's not rt it's rt of rich taylor fame yeah how are you you? think i was ray tanner (laughs) could have been (laughs) Could have been. Oh, I doubt it. Um, yeah, man. Number one, great to see you at the game and uh, sit with you and chat for a while. And I know we talked uh, earlier today a little bit, and uh, you were kind enough to ask me to call in. And uh, I just wanted to—I wanted to point out a couple of things, just factually. Um, not doing this to slam the game talks at all, because I think we all realize is the way that I've heard most people describe this roster is that frankly it's a sec team with a socon 
uh, uh, talent base or, or, you know, the talent of a, of a Southern Conference team. And I think that uh, I've got no problem with Paris uh, to this point. And uh, the only thing that even has bothered me with him at all was when we were watching the game and it was really out of hand. I know at one point we looked up and it was 70 to 30. And we both agreed that it looked like nobody on the court for Carolina really looked like they wanted to be out there. And uh, I haven't seen anything quite that disappointing as far as the effort in a long time. And uh, But I think that obviously you have to give Lamont Paris time and, and let him prove that he can recruit players that can compete with Teams like Tennessee, but that said, as as everybody knows, this is the that was the worst home loss of the modern era, if you will. The only one greater was the loss to Wake Forest back in 1915 when you were in first grade. And uh, mm. <laughs> could you boom? Uh, boom. I see you, see you. You haven't lost it at all, RT. You haven't lost a thing. <laughs> so look, um, just some some points I wanted to make real quick about the game i really took a deep dive into the box uh on espn on the box score and i think that the things that i'm pointing out were again um the lack of effort and 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 oh as i was just saying the the one thing that the first time i was ever even the least bit bothered by anything that lamont paris has done said coached or anything was I would have liked to, and it's ironic because, as we all know, I was not exactly Frank Martin's president of his fan club, but I still was a little bit, I know he's very calm, cool, and collected, but I would have really liked to see him get up in there, you know what, uh, during the performance yesterday, regardless of what the score was. They were just getting, they were to say they were out-hustled, out uh, out efforted is an understatement and it, it, it did kind of irk me a little bit. I would have liked to have seen him call a timeout and get up and, you know, that doesn't mean curse everybody out like, you know, that other guy, but, um, I, 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 again, I'm not at all down on Lamont Paris at all right now, but I will say this about the performance of the team because it's the players that are out there. You already got about 30 seconds. All right, here's one for you. Other, according to the ESPN box score, other than Josh Gray, Carolina's entire rest of the team had one offensive rebound, and that was Bozeman, Verdant, or whatever. Yeah. And that just shows you're not, I mean, rebounding's effort. We got the other thing. We, we, we got to hit the break. Hang on one second. Be right back. National Championship football game is going to kick off in uh, a few minutes. We have the ultimate counter-programming for that uh, coming up. Right up against kickoff, it's called recruiting. So you can <laughs> turn down the sound of your television and turn us up around kickoff time. 
and we'll give you the recruiting report. Uh, let's get back to uh, RT. Let him finish up a couple more comments on Gamecock basketball. Had a couple of notes from the game, and then we'll get back to uh, other calls. Yes, sir. Finish up if you would. I sure will, man. I'll make it quick. Uh, uh, again, these are just fact facts. Carolina had 21 total rebounds in, in the basketball game. Tennessee had 18 offensive rebounds. Whoa. Yeah. I, I mean, it's almost unbelievable. I don't know if I've ever seen a disparity like that. And, of course, overall they were out-rebounded 48-21. to 21. I mean, that is just lack of effort because you know as well as I do, Phil, a big part of rebounding, not that talent doesn't have something to do with it, is desire to go after the basketball. And uh, I thought that that stat was very, very telling. And then another thing that just shocked me, that the entire South Carolina team in 40 minutes, they made 12 total shots from the field, and half of them were by Meech. Mm-hmm. Michi made six shots. Uh, one was a three, and the other five were twos. But other than that, only six shots were made the entire game by a Gamecock not named Michi Johnson. And that that's it's just it's hard to believe that that they could have that kind of futility. And then one last thing is that on top of all of that. UT even the UT even though they won eighty five to forty two, they only went to the foul line the entire game. They had a player go to the foul line four times, three times to shoot two, and one was an and one. And just, that just shows you as much as Tennessee pounds the ball inside, and no, nobody was defending, yeah. nobody was contesting. I mean, how how do you only foul a player that's shooting the basketball four times the entire game. And yeah, that's I, not good defense. That that's that means that you're not contesting and in my opinion it means you don't give a damn. I all mean, right, that, that really bothers me. We so. thank you. Appreciate great stuff. I, and I agree. I mean I I, I, I thought agree more. Was, I thought it was a lack of aggression on South mm-hmm. Carolina's part. I didn't think they came out and played very hard from the very beginning. <laughs> It was 20-5 to five in the blink of an eye, and it just kept getting worse and worse from there. And I just didn't see a punch back. And, and, and uh, Paris, his first comments after the game was, you know, boxers take a shot to the kidney, I think is how he put it, took a shot to the kidney, and they don't respond. And I think he was as disappointed as, as the fans were, uh, and he's the coach. I think I he expected he more. Yeah. I thought something he said was telling as well. He talked about how basketball has been really, really good to him, and he tries to treat basketball as well because there's a certain way to approach the game, and he loves the game, and he said his team didn't. And I, and reading between the lines, especially I think he almost singled out, didn't sing, didn't call him out by name, but did talk about the lack of effort from Gigi Jackson. And Rich is right. Rebounding is all effort. The worst player on your team can give good effort, may not give anything else, but he can at least try. And once that game got out of hand, it was almost as if USC said, well, we've, we've already lost. There's no reason to fight back. And I, and I think Rich is on to something, too. I realize that's not Lamont Paris's coaching style, but every now and then you've got to kick your team in the back seat every once in a while. Not physically, but at least with your, with your language. You've got to raise your voice and, and let them understand. And I hope he, he has maybe privately in, inside the locker room. Mm-hmm. But you can't have that kind of effort. 
against a team as good as Tennessee or you get embarrassed like you did on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, not – I mean, look, G.G. Jackson a, is a special talent. You hope that he's being coached like all the other players and treated the same way and he's not getting the prima donna treatment. Sure. Uh, but it was asked – I didn't notice it, but one of the other media people there asked Paris the question. He said, uh, why was Jackson not with the team during the alma mater? You know, they stand mm-hmm. out there and do the alma mater with in front of the student section. Apparently, according to this reporter, I didn't notice it one way or the other. He wasn't there. And Paris said he didn't notice it either. So, I mean, did he go walking off the court uh, afterwards and go right to the locker room? Did he he do that for just for God he's supposed to be out there or, or what? If that's you know, all true. Again, I, he's a big guy to miss because he stands out there 6'9". Yeah. Oh, yeah. And look, he's the guy, if if he's going to play that way, then they don't have a chance. I mean, he's got to, He's the guy that's got to bring it 20 and almost 10 every night for them to have any kind of a chance. And then you get Michi Johnson bringing 15 and about five assists and then whoever else can contribute. But if G.G. Jackson's not playing hard and getting after it and making plays and making shots, then they won't have a chance because he is their go-to guy. All right, uh, let's go to Hank in Columbia. And thank you, RT. We appreciate that phone call. Hank, welcome in. How are you? Uh, Hank, I saw you just hang up right as I was clicking your name. Hank, if you listen, want to call right back, we can get you right in. Otherwise, Hank he's has going. had enough. He said, it ain't worth it. Well, you know what, Hank? It is worth it. It's called paying the price. Being on Sports Talk is a privilege that we only grant to a select few. It's not a right. When you were born, it didn't say... I get to get on the air with Sports Talk because I was born. It's not a birthright. It's a right that we hand out selectively to a few every night. And they all gone. <laughs> it must be it must be kickoff time. All right. Well, the two teams are about to come out on the field, so all right. That's great. So our phone lines are now open. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. Uh, we'll give you the recruiting report uh, coming up in just a moment. And the um, national championship football game going to be kicking off shortly. Georgia and TCU. And it's one of those deals where if you're TCU, I think you just you want to get it where it's a competitive game going into the second half. you got to survive. You know, once the emotions wear off, because both, both teams will be sky high, after the first couple of series, when it just when you're back down to playing basic football, uh, can they block that Georgia defense? How effective can Duggan be running the football? He'll be like another running back back there, by and large. How much will they miss if he's not able to go? He's got a he's coming off the MCL. Miller, their leading uh, rusher, he was out in warmups. But he had a brace on his knee. Will he be able to go? How effective will he be? Um, how good is Stetson Bennett going to be tonight? How much tight end are you going to see from Georgia tonight? I imagine that Todd Monken is going to dial up the tight ends quite a bit tonight. Um, they got three or four good ones out there, including one of the best players in the country. Why wouldn't you get him the ball as much as possible in, in, in many different ways? I, I, you know, thinking about Jaheim Bell and thinking about um, the kid at, uh, at Georgia. I mean, Georgia found a way – to integrate him in every aspect of their offense. Tight end catches, uh, put him in the slot some, put him in motion for toss sweeps, whatever. They got him the football. Uh, Bauer I'm talking about. They got him the football a ton. And 
South Carolina, in one of their big mistakes, one of the big mistakes of Marcus Satterfield's season at South Carolina from the beginning was not doing that with Jaheim Bell because you have a special talent in Jaheim Bell. He should have been treated the same way and should have gotten the same kind of touches, I would say. Well, it's what Shane Beamer ultimately has started having him say, let's get our best players to football. I mean, it sounds pretty simple for those of us who don't coach and those of us who sit back and watch the game. But, yeah, I mean, that's what Georgia does. They just make sure they get their best players the football and make plays because I don't think anybody's going to confuse Stetson Bennett for, uh, you know, Tom Brady. But this guy just wins, hmm. and he wins games because he's smart enough to realize, hey, I've got really good talent outside and a terrific defense. If I don't mess it up, we're going to win games. Well, Stetson Bennett's a guy that um, – how, how do you explain yeah. it? This guy's a walk-on, and then he transferred to a junior college. How, how does this guy beat out every five-star quarterback that came mm-hmm. through Georgia? How? How does well, Hunter Renfro, how does Hunter Renfro yeah. beat out you know, <laughs> all the four- and five-star receivers who thought they'd be playing slot at Clemson? How does he come in and beat them out? You know? Maybe effort. And that it factor that every coach says you got to have that nobody can place, uh, place a finger on, those two guys that you just referenced, I think both would qualify. They just play harder than everybody else. And smarter. And they're talented. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the case of Renfro, I mean, look, he played quarterback in high school. You could tell he was a special talent. Uh, he was also a baseball player, if my memory serves me right. I think he was a really good baseball player at Sox D. Uh, and so, but you could tell he was an option quarterback, and he had that extra step. He had that extra get up and go that would just leave people in the dirt. So I remember when Sweeney took him as a preferred walk-on and he talked about him. He said, you know, got a special player here, got a special player. But, you know, who knew how special and how tough, how special and how tough. But I tell you what, Alabama fans will never forget him. What did he catch? Four touchdown passes in the two championship (laughs) games combined, including that game winner? Uh, No, they'll they'll never forget that. All right, we're going to hit the break and we'll come back with our counter-programming to the national championship game. You know, what ESPN does to counter-program the Super Bowl is have the national axe-throwing championship. (laughs) And ESPN, the Ocho. We counter with recruiting. And we'll give you the recruiting report coming up after the break. Major Downer here from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Boating season is just around the corner. To make sure that your boat is ready, check your registration sticker and ensure it's current. Find your registration card, make sure your life jackets are in good shape, and check your fire extinguisher as well. For more information on boating or boat titling questions, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash boating. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. 
Touchstone Energy cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Okay, we're back. It's Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Time for the recruiting report on this Monday night. It is brought to you by our good friends over at Seawells. Another busy week at Seawells. We invite you to get out for the daily luncheon buffet at Seawells every day now, 11 till 2. For the very best luncheon buffet you'll find anywhere with a complete selection of meats and vegetables and beverage and dessert. In fact, my mouth starts to water Every time I think about the display of the beautiful meats and vegetables and desserts and beverage and the way it's set up, big tables, you got plenty of room. They bring you a pitcher of tea. They say, go for it. Have at it. And it's only 13 bucks. Can you believe that? Only 13 bucks. They are doing what they can to fight inflation at Seawells. Unlike some other people we know, they're doing what they can. And want to remind you, you got something important coming up, some big event coming up, maybe a wedding reception, Chris Bergen, or a birthday party. Not for me, sir. Unless my wife knows something I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's a corporate outing. Maybe the Sports Talk Media Network corporate outing. An awards banquet, business luncheon. You want to call the catering experts at Seawells for over 70 years. They've been handling everybody's needs expertly. 803-771-7385, the number online at seawellscateringsc.com. So South Carolina had quite the busy weekend. Shane Beamer making no bones about it. The transfer portal, John, is there to be recruited and to help fill spots on your team, and he's as active as anybody in that capacity last year and this year. Picked up two transfer commitments on Sunday. Offensive tackle, Sidney Fuger, 6'6", 330, Western Illinois, took an official visit over the weekend, visited Cincinnati prior to getting into USC. He had helped the Gamecocks at offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley, knew him from back in high school. Teasley recruited him at North Carolina Central, and he's just excited about the opportunity to have a chance to come in and earn a starting position right away at South Carolina, and he likes how the the coaches and the players relate to one another. He said he could see himself being a starter if he works hard and does the work. He'll be back at USC, he said, about sometime next week. He'll have three years of eligibility. He appeared in one game in 2021, redshirted this year, nine games, and he was named the team's offensive lineman of the year. Chris, do you know the nickname for the Western Illinois team? Oh, wait a minute. I'm usually pretty good on these things. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Western Illinois. Mm-hmm. Are they the mm-hmm. Broncos? That's close. That's close. No, no. It's the Leathernecks. That's Western Michigan. Yeah, that's Western Michigan. That's yeah. the Broncos, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Leathernecks. Leathernecks. The Leathernecks. Like it. Yeah. 
All right, then Gamecocks got, I really like this pickup for him too, linebacker Jerron Willis, 6'2", 220, Leesburg, Georgia. And he first committed to Georgia Tech at a high school, and then he signed with Ole Miss. USC recruited him at a high school but didn't make the cut. They were in his top ten, but then when he cut it down to six, the Gamecocks were not in the mix. But he only played in one game at Ole Miss, went into the portal, John, hooked up with the Gamecocks, came in for a visit over the weekend, liked everything, remembered everything from before, had really not seen the place, and they like him as a weak side linebacker, will linebacker type, maybe coming off the edge as well. And his quote was, every time I see the ball, I go hit somebody and make them feel it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Every time I see the ball, I go hit somebody and make them feel it. Okay. Love it. Now, the Gamecocks possibly, probably, are not done. Last night, the news broke. Defensive end Trajan Jeffcoat, 6'4", 289 of Missouri, was in the portal, John. He actually announced tonight that very thing, that he is transferring. This comes about five or six days after he announced he was staying at Missouri. I'm thinking the announcement by Jordan Birch that he was leaving South Carolina uh, correlates with this decision to transfer from Missouri because now he sees a spot at South Carolina. And also last night, Shane Beamer put out another commitment alert not too long after it was reported that Jeff Coat was in the transfer portal, John. Now, Jeff Coat was a guy that wanted to go to South Carolina. I followed his recruiting. I talked to him a pretty good bit when he was in high school at Irmo, and he wanted to go to South Carolina. His teammate, Kendrell Flowers, you know, ended up going to Wake Forest and then transferring to South Carolina State. So they were, you know, two good players. He was a little undersized, and he did go for an unofficial one time, maybe for a game or something, or maybe it was for a summertime visit, but they didn't show much interest. Colorado State offered him as well. Liberty, but Missouri came in with an offer. That was his best offer. And lo and behold, he goes out to Missouri. He grows into 290 pounds of man. And he played as a true freshman. Then he redshirted. Then in 2020, he was all SEC, first team. And then played 21 and played 22. He, um, in high school, had 72 tackles, 13 sacks, and 23 quarterback hurries. Played in the Shrine Bowl had four tackles and half a sack in the Shrine Bowl and a tackle for loss. With all that, neither the Gamecocks nor Clemson showed much interest. In 48 games at Missouri, he totaled 84 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. He also scored a touchdown on a fumble recovery against the Gamecocks in 2021 in Missouri. And we'll see what happens here, I would imagine, relatively soon. He'll, he'll make the announcement of the transfer to South Carolina. That indeed is what it looks like. And the Gamecocks need some help at defensive end with Birch gone and uh, some of the others who have left Gilbert Edmund, Hot Rod Fitton. Woodland offensive tackle Cam Pringle announced this afternoon he'll make his commitment announcement January 22nd at his school. He's been a major target of USC and Clemson. And he visited both late in the season with Clemson drawing the last visit for the USC game. Uh, Pringle has been working with a short list of USC, Clemson, NC State, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. The Gamecocks will have a junior day on the 21st and the Tigers on the 28th, but he'll already have his announcement on the 22nd. 
That's the Sunday after the one at South Carolina. He hasn't said if he's going to take any other visits. This one kind of feels like South Carolina to me at this point. We'll wait and see. Former Florida safety Trevez Johnson, who visited USC and Auburn over the weekend, committed to Missouri, which he had visited earlier. Michigan transfer, wide receiver Andrell Anthony Jr., who was offered by USC. Once his name got into the portal, he visited Oklahoma over the weekend. Transfer offensive tackle Marcellus Johnson, offered by USC, committed to Missouri. So we got a little two-for-one deal perhaps happening here between the Gamecocks and Missouri. They're the Gamecocks. Those guys weren't Gamecocks. They were just offered by the Gamecocks. USC offered wide receiver Ryan Wingo, 6'2", 198 of St. Louis. Clemson is also among his offers. He's a major prospect. USC's in the top ten with wide receiver James Madison II. Of course, if you sign him, you get his girlfriend, Dolly. No reaction to that <laughs> joke? Why, where, why, that was a good Dolly joke. Dolly Madison. Yeah. That was a pretty good joke. It was James Madison's wife, right? What number yes, was. president was James Madison? Who's here is educated enough to know that about American history? He was in the top five, right? I was going to say fifth. Yeah, he's somewhere in the top five. The others are Tennessee, Missouri, LSU, Colorado, Oregon, Ole Miss, Penn State, Florida State, and Auburn. See, he was fourth. Fourth. James Madison the first. He was fourth. Uh, former USC offensive lineman Jordan Davis is transferring to South Alabama. River Bluff running back Cooper Johns will take official visits to Anderson and the Citadel this weekend. He also plans to take unofficial visits to Florida and Coastal Carolina this month. This season, he rushed for 1,871 yards and had 2,157 all-purpose yards, and he scored 24 touchdowns. Wide receiver Mazio Bennett of Greenville has set a visit to Florida State for January 28th. Chapin native quarterback Jaden Bradford of IMG Academy was offered by UAB. And in basketball, 6'5", K.J. Green, Atlanta, 6'4", Cam Scott, and 2025, 6'3", Caleb Evans of Lexington, they were all at the USC game on Saturday. That is recruiting for now. Check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com. On Twitter, use the hashtag STRecruiting. And when the TV ratings guys come out for the uh, national championship game and you notice that the first 10 minutes there was quite a slump in the ratings, <laughs> quite a drop-off. And then it picked up at about 7.57. All mm-hmm. of a sudden there was a spike in the ratings. As all of a sudden people started tuning in. Well, you'll know right why. After- Right after Georgia got an early 7 nothing lead. Oh, what happened? Georgia, the three and out for TCU. They punted to Georgia, and they marched right down the field. Bowers, a couple of receptions. And then, of all people, Stetson Bennett runs it in from 21 yards out. Hmm. That's so, amazing. Is the route on? That's the, that's the concern. If you're TCU, you've got to answer and probably answer real fast. Now. You know, I worry that teams, to me, I'd like to know a, a stat on this. Teams, to me, who score easily on their opening possession – how often do they go on and win a football game? Because a lot of times they feel like this is going to be easy, and they they lose that emotional edge. You know, they carried them out to the field. Not saying it's going to be the case here. I mean, this might indeed be a, you know, we had two. This 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 might be the opposite of the norm. Yeah. You had normally you have blowouts in the semis and a pretty good championship game. This might be two really good semis and a blowout in the national championship game. So. We shall see. Final thoughts, Chris, on anything that we've kicked around tonight? 
Oh, I'd enjoy tonight's show. Got to get in a little basketball discussion, plenty of football stuff, and I guess we'll have to hold over crowning the uh, champion oh. of the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge until tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to do that, and I meant to do that tonight. Yeah. We, we've got to hold it now until tomorrow. You don't want me to squeeze it in real quick? No, I'm thinking I'm thinking we need to have enough time to uh, officially present the trophy. The and complete, since I didn't win it, I'm, I'm okay with it. The complete fanfare. <laughs> I didn't win Indeed. it. Indeed. But I didn't finish last. And we, well, I can't wait to talk about who finished last. That'll be my favorite part. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow.